recorded. Welcome. This is jazz, just the way we like it. My name is Alfonso Severos, and this is my weekly jazz podcast, recorded live at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. We play those classic jazz songs of the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s, and every now and then we play some modern stuff. We play these songs that we listened to as young men growing up. And here we are now playing them for your pleasure. And also to introduce a new younger generation to that fabulous art form known as jazz. Well, I'm in the studio today with my good friend for over 50 years, uh, Lawrence Williams. Hey, Larry, what's up? What's up, man? How are you? How are you doing today? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <coughs> Excited about doing another podcast. The uh, last podcast was fun, man, when we focused on the jazz flutist. Uh, I got some good feedback from people who, in, who enjoyed that uh, podcast. <coughs> okay. Uh, it's a rainy Thursday here in Brooklyn good time to listen to some music. Uh, You know, we always start our podcast off with a song that somehow addresses issues of social justice. Uh, And we we believe that to be important uh, to have that focus and to begin with that focus. Here's a song, boy, probably known all over the world. And this song deals with issues of slavery and oppression in general. And it's done by the man, Bob Molly. Bob Molly. Uh, redemption song. Redemption song. So, hey folks, enjoy. Merchant ships Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs 
Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Is all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our mind Oh, have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them gonna stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Yes, some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Is all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs Songs of freedom Songs of freedom Bob Marley, Redemption Song Some people look at redemption and only see it in terms of the religious definition which is the actions of being saved or, or saving from sin. But re- the word redemption can also mean being saved from error or evil in general. Uh, so, you know, it, Bob Marley's using it to fit all three definitions because in the beginning he said, I'm, you know, sold I to the merchant ship. He's talking about the slave ship from the bottomless pit. Uh, strong reference to that slave ship uh, he, and emancipate yourself from mental slavery what a line Larry yeah how about that yeah yeah, he, yeah uh, how'd you like that one brother? that that was really uh you know you know Bob is just I mean he's just a poet uh, to me I mean like uh I I have never heard anything that he's done that uh, was bad. It's always it's always something that I can get something out of, um, um, and and enjoy uh, the music or the or the the lyrics. Either one, you know, the melody or the lyrics. He's always he's always going to provide me with something. 
Yes, so much of his music rotates around and touches on issues of social justice, issues of of the human situation. Uh, Bob Marley, man, of course he died young. You know, I believe it was stomach cancer. Yeah. Uh, But Redemption Song is a powerful song and a powerful statement about slavery. You know, uh, I know we we had a little discussion before about the Middle Passage. And for people who don't know, the slave trade was a three-part thing. And it was ships leaving Europe, going to Africa, and from Africa to the United States, and from the United States back to Europe. Uh, And the middle part was from... Africa to the Americas, the transportation of enslaved people. Uh, And this lasted a long time, a long time. You know, we tend to think of slavery just of of North America, but it was 100 years prior to North America in the Caribbean and South America. So you look at a period that really started around 1518, and that's when King Charles of Spain made his famous edict edict, uh, to increase the slave trade. And, you know, remember, Columbus only only found his way to America in 1492. So that's not that many years afterwards. Uh, And and uh, it didn't really enslave Africans weren't brought to North America into 1619 uh, when they landed in Jamestown, a small group of uh, enslaved people on that ship called the White Lion. And uh, slavery continued in, in North America into 1864 when the last slave ship reached North America carrying somewhere between 110 and 120 slaves. The Cotilda was that slave ship that landed in Mobile, Alabama. Hey, Larry, anything on the Middle Passage? Yeah, I, I you know, I read something recently where um, um, how the, um, how that triangle was, you know, it started out, like you said, it started out in Europe, um, <clears throat> Would hit the uh, uh, the east coast of Africa uh, or the west coast, depending. Um, most probably, probably the west coast more so because that's where a lot of a lot of them were taken. I think. Yeah, they were taken from the the Golden Coast, the yeah, west coast. But the west coast, yes. Yeah, so but but the slave trade, the slave trade has traveled deep into into Africa. Yeah, and Africa is such a large uh, continent. That they marched people for some of them for three, four months to cover close to five hundred miles before they got to the uh, the ships to ship them to. Uh, uh, but they America. But, but when they did that, that was like with cooperations from Africans that that the slave, allowed, yeah, the slave trade only existed because of the greed of Europeans the compliance and cooperation of Africa 
and the, they're turning their eye in condolence of the Catholic Church and Anglican Church. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It would never have happened if one of those elements were not in place. Yeah. You know, that it was a time when Christianity was very strong in the monarchies of Europe. And the church on paper says, oh, it's a bad thing, condemned it, but they never really did anything to stop it. Right. Uh, and so it, it encouraged people. And you had the, uh, the, royal, the royalties of England, you know, people related to the king started the, uh, the African... Um, the African Royal, the Eng- English Royal African Trade Company that was responsible for so much suffering and really brought great wealth to England. England was a small little island. How did it get so powerful? How did they were able to rule the seas and with a great navy? Well, they, uh, they, uh, they, uh, gotten so much of its riches from the slave trade. You can go to Liverpool, 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 and they still, because Liverpool is where most of the slave ships were built in England, all right? And it's still reflected, and most of the banks were there. Now, we see the descendants of these banks, you know, Bank of North America and other large institutions had their very foundation in the accumulation of wealth because of the slave trade. Uh, Twelve and a half million people were transported, survived the slave trade. Yeah, yeah. That means 12 and a half million made it from Africa to the Americas. Of that, about half a million made it to North America and 11 and a half million to Caribbean and South America. But... The, the, the loss, because they kept really good records of the cargo, the loss of the number of people who died or committed suicide or whatever in that middle passage was anywhere from 10 to 40 percent. And, and we know that now. You're looking at this great period of time, long period, uh, and those numbers add up. So the slave trade between that and the loss of life in capturing slaves, you're looking at 25 million people. Uh, it was the largest movement in human history. Wow. Um, so Bob Marley's song really speaks to that, speaks to that, you know, that, that voyage and the pain and suffering that occur. Uh, but put it in modern terms, and I, I like talking about modern terms. I used to teach in, in my psychology class students, and I used to show them a video about uh, first and second generation of people who were descendants of the Holocaust. Now, this is factual stuff. Uh, and we've seen the level of, of trauma that was passed down genetically. And it was passed down through what is called uh, genetic markers in areas that have to do with people's ability to respond to stressful situations. Uh, Now, um, there's a famous study at Mount Sinai where they looked at children of parents 
who were in the Holocaust. And they looked at the parents, and they're seeing the genetic marker with the areas of genes that deal with your ability to respond to stress, it thus affect your ability to develop stress-related diseases like hypertension and other stuff. Of course, there's environmental factors, but this is the genetic factors. And environmental factors and genetic factors work hand in hand. And they seen the same kind of chemical markers in the children of parents who were in the Holocaust, even though they were not in the Holocaust. And what that means, it means that they were equally susceptible because of a genetic predisposition uh, to respond to stresses. And that's only one generation. Now, uh, you look at the issue of uh, uh, blacks, African Americans or Caribbeans or blacks in South America. You, know, you or across the board, there's high rates of hypertension, high rates of diabetes, high rates of what we call stress-related disorders. Now, if we saw that in one generation, in the uh, descendants of parents who were in the Holocaust, you can just imagine uh, what's there in descendants of slavery. Trauma can be passed down, and trauma makes you more susceptible to respond to stresses in the environment. And one of the things, the result of that is development of stress-related disease. And that helps us understand why High levels of hypertension don't exist in ha Africa, but it exists in the Western Hemisphere. That's the uh, where the you know descendants of slaves slave. live. Wow, wow, wow! I've never wow. That yeah. is some correlation. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of research around that that's been going on. Of course, they won't publicize that. Well, like Larry, don't get me going on this. I can uh -huh. we, we can go all all day. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I see that. But yeah. I I don't want to um, miss the point, and the point is that this is about jazz, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, last week we did the show on jazz flutes. Today we're doing it on jazz organs. Oh, right. You know, and and the organ had a long history in jazz. You know, organ has it, the organs has its roots in gospel and blues, you know, especially in, in, in the southern states. Yep. But it, it creeped into jazz, and it was very popular in the 1950s and the 1960s. And, 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 the, and the guy who's credited mm. with really bringing the electronic organ to jazz and really started what is called soul jazz was Jimmy Smith. And his album, uh, which is the name of the first song we're going to play, The Sermon, uh, is credited with really getting Blue Note off the ground. Wow, wow. So let's listen to Jimmy Smith. And this is... The sermon recorded in 1964, and it put Blue Note on the map. So sit back and enjoy. <laughs> Oh, 
Wow, Jimmy Smith, the sermon. That's the short version, folks. The long version <laughs> is much longer. And boy, there's, there was a lineup on this one, Larry. Yeah. It had not only uh, Jimmy Smith on organ, it had Kenny Burrell on guitar, Lou oh, Donaldson wow. on sax. Wow. And I believe Lee Morgan, the young Lee Morgan, was playing That's trumpet that. on it. I, I get, oh my God, it was such a good song. I mean, like, I, I was listening to the. Who was playing bass? There was a girl. I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like the bass was very strong. But, but that the uh, Kenny Burrell was a Kenny Burrell that was on yeah. guitar. Man, he, he was. Oh playing, yeah. He was oh playing, yeah. He was Smoking that. man. It was beautiful. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know Jimmy Smith is. You know, oh yeah. Love, love oh yeah, yeah, man. 1964, yeah, man. Yeah. No comparison there. I know, we, we man. Like, you you know, can we dance off that. Oh yeah, yeah. Easily, easily. Yes. Yeah. You can feel them roots, man. Yeah. It has yeah. that blues and southern and, and gospel roots, man. And so, you know, we see how jazz is very much connected yeah, to these yeah. other music forms that yeah. black folks created. You know, uh, like growing up in a Pentecostal church, there's always like an organ or a piano player. And, yeah. uh, you know, we always had, you know, uh, either an organist or a piano player. And, and, the, and the music was always like uplifting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I can, I mean, identify with it so much in, in a lot of different ways. So you you know this 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 uh, album the sermon and this song the sermon, along with another popular one he did Midnight Special. Yep. Uh, really, you know, helped jumpstart the Blue Note Jazz label. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Jimmy Smith, man, he was he was the man. I mean, there's no doubt that on the electric organ, he was the king. Yep. But uh, he wasn't the only one. And at around the same time in 1964, there was another brother, you know. Uh, and if you see pictures of him, man, you can see him with his conkaline. <laughs> uh, brother Jack MacDuff. Uh, 
And he was uh, really popular on that hard bop and soul jazz in the early 1960s. And this is a piece that he did in 1964, similar to how Jimmy played, but you can see the difference. And it's called Honey, Honey Dipper. So um, sit back and enjoy this one. Thank you. 
Oh, yeah. The mojo is strong on that one. Brother Jack McDuff on organ. <laughs> Jimmy Forrest on uh, tenor sax. Grant Green on the guitar. And Ben Dixon on the drums. Larry, speak to me, brother. All right. That was really good, Dan. That was that was like uh, so powerful with, with, with him on the organ and, and the other guys behind him. Um, I don't remember a lot about him, but man, he is—he's really good. Oh, Jack McDuff, yeah, man. You know, it's—it's it's interesting when we when you look at these organ players of the you know the late fifties, early sixties, and into the seventies, man. You know, they—that soul jazz was powerful, man. That was being played on the radio, man, and they always had the organ up front, a guitar player. Yeah. Saxophone player, man, and yeah. most of, of the of the, uh, the 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 groups that that I looked at, um, I I remember listening to one or two pieces from Jack McDuff before, you know, uh, different little similar, a more rock style as compared yeah, there, there to was, Jimmy yeah. Uh, Smith. Yeah, there was a there was a uh, between the the sermon and this song, there was a there's a difference that's. A minute difference between the two, but there is a difference. You know, there's a yeah. there's, a, there's a switch in and and how they play and how and what what the music is yeah. about. Yeah, that's brother Jack McDuff, man. And that was done in the '60s, man. Uh, and this is when that soul jazz and, and and that that hard bop was 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 jumping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's bring out another man from that time, man. Another Jimmy. Jimmy Mac Griff, <laughs> uh, who was also an uh, uh, organ player. And Jimmy Mac Griff, man, this, this cat played that soul jazz too. Uh, and he was from Pennsylvania, and he played like five different instruments. He can play that organ, he can play the piano, he can play the sax, he can play the drums, and he can play the upright beat, bass. So he learned to play five or six different uh, instruments, but he was known for that organ, that le- uh, electric organ, Jimmy McGriff. And you know the song. You know the song. Uh, I Got a Woman. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's get going with this. <laughs> Jimmy McGriff. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Jimmy McGriff, man, playing that hard bop soul jazz organ. Uh, Larry, how'd you like that one? I got yeah, a woman. That was really good. That was really good. Oh, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, man. And it was a different way. He did it a different way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it was a these, different arrangement of I, I Got a Woman. Yeah. Yeah, these cats are like, they were original and they were creative, man. And they, they were laying the foundation uh, with... with, with you know, musicians who followed built on. Uh, but Jimmy Smith, Brother Jack McDuff, and Brother Jimmy McGriff, man, these cats were some strong electric organ players. Yes, yes, indeed. And they were playing that soul jazz, man. They took that jazz to a whole different different level, man. Uh, and and we're, we're, we're uh, well appreciated. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't just a man's world. Because, <laughs> uh, well, these cats were like, yeah, they were good, very good, excellent. And if Jimmy Smith was the, the king, then this next one person is the queen. And that's no other than Shirley Scott. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shirley Scott. Yes, indeed. And she recorded so much with her husband. Uh, who she was married to for many years, Stanley Turrentine. Uh, so let's listen to one piece done by Shirley Scott, Stanley Turrentine, uh, called Deep Down South. And listen to the Queen of the Electric Organ.
Oh yeah, oh yeah, Shirley Scott and Stanley Tarantino, man. They really compliment. Go ahead, they, they, they really compliment each other, man. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. I like the way that that you know he gets a little piece and she gets a little piece and mm-hmm. and then mix it together and it is just beautiful. I know, I know. They they fill in each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word. That's man. the word. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, they needed to be married. They were married in in, in 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 making the music probably before they were actually married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear this, and you know Shirley Scott, man, she she made many albums and recordings. Man, that was the queen of the organ. Yep, yep, yep. Well, a lot of people don't know though. In the nineteen nineties, she was teaching at Cheney State University, the first historical black college in Pennsylvania. The first historical black college is located in Pennsylvania. Oh, ah, yeah, State. yeah, yeah. Uh, not only did she do that, <laughs> she was the music director of the Bill Cosby Show. Didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she had a long history. Oh, wow. Wow. And then uh, in the 2000s, she got, you know, she was sick. Uh, and had a some kind of reaction to m- prescribed medication. She sued the pharmaceutical company and won an eight million dollar lawsuit. Wow! All so right. Hats off to her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Uh, we can spend a whole show playing Shirley Scott, and Stanley Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Because they did some powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanley Tarantino. I always thought of him as having a sweet sex. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Lou Donaldson. They always oh, like yeah. the, the sweetness about it. Yeah, I yeah. know. They they do. Yeah. And uh, it fits so well with her. Yeah, and, oh, man. And what she's playing, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, was, it could take you there, man. It yeah. takes you there. Wow, man, it's almost that time, Larry, but we got time for one more. All right. One more organ player, man, who who left his mark on soul jazz. And this is no other than any Eddie Lockjaw Davis. All right. And this is a piece he did called In the Kitchen. Uh, Eddie Lockjaw Davis. So sit back and enjoy. Well, it's Eddie Lockjaw Davis and Shirley Scott. Let me let me correct. Okay. Done in 1958, man. The Queen. Thank you. 
Wow, Shirley Scott on organ and Eddie Lockjaw Davis on tenor sax and a piece called In the Kitchen, Larry. How'd you like that? Oh, that was really nice, man. I, I really liked the way that uh, all, all the instruments came into play. And Shirley is always doing the hot thing. Uh, and Lockjaw, he's another uh, saxophone player that I haven't heard a lot but he's really he's really excellent as well. Oh yeah, man. And that flute, who was the was there? Some? Uh, this guy Richardson. I I don't remember the first name. Uh huh. Yeah, but yeah. he was he was very good too. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that, part that was of a nice movie. piece, man. I yeah. wanted to play that because of the the uh, the inclusion of other instruments, but also that solo by Shirley in the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know you can't uh, you can't go wrong with Shirley playing any 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 solo or or just in the background. She's just so mellow. I mean, yeah. like her, her her organ is so mellow and so artistic and creative. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, Larry, <laughs> it's that time, brother. What All can right. I tell you? All right. <laughs> you know, uh, how'd you enjoy the show, man? Yeah, it was great. It was great. I really enjoyed. Um, the idea that we had the organist this time. I, I like organs, especially yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy, my man. Yeah. So, and now I'm learning a little bit about Shirley too. So that yeah. was all cool. Yeah, man. I, you know, uh, there was that jazz has a history of organ players, especially in the '50s and '60s, man. Um, I hope you folks enjoyed it. We definitely enjoyed playing the music and discussing the music. Well, Larry, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And everyone out there, thanks for listening. And as always, peace and love. Am I insane or do I really see heaven in your eyes? Bright as stars that shine up above you in the clear blue skies how i worry about you just can't live my life without you baby come here don't have no fear oh is there a wonder why i'm really feeling in the mood for love so tell me why stop to think about this weather my dear this little dream might fade away There I go a-talking out of my head again Oh baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together That would make me strong and breathe Ooh, when we are one I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid If there's a cloud up above us Go on and let it rain I'm sure our love together will endure a hurricane Oh my baby, won't you please let me love you And give me relief from this awful misery Maybe there we can find a 
good place to use a loving state of mind I'm so tired of being without and never knowing what love's about James Woody, you can come on in, man, and you can blow now if you want to, we're...